We'll sing number 338, Blessed Be the Tie, number 338. What is it that binds our hearts together? Blessed be the tie that binds our heart in Christian love. Do all understand what that tie is and how that we can receive that? The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Having a mind and having our hearts and our life filled with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost so that we are a part of His kingdom here. And that tie that binds us together only comes from God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. That new birth, that new spirit, being made whole through the blood of Jesus Christ. No other way. We can go out and we can think all the good things that we try to do and all the love that we might show to certain things and certain people. But the only thing that can bind us together with God 
is by being submissive to Him, by repenting of our sins, and having full faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I want us to all to understand these things and to know that that's what we have to get into that condition. First of all, just see that we can't do it of ourselves, but there is one that can. And He lived and He died here on the earth for us. What a wonderful opportunity we have to just follow Him and to be at one with Jesus Christ. And if we're at one to Him, we will be bound together in Christian love, one and another here upon the earth. So let's put our faith and trust and be at one with Him today. I'd like to read some this morning. I was just thinking some as I was sitting here this morning here, some... Start reading some in Samuel. Read about some of the things that took place early on. There after the children of Israel, well, it was not just real early, but it was several years after they had come into the promised land. Many, many years. But they had decided they had got displeased with the way that God was working with them. He had judges that worked with them and they could go to them and they had the high priest and they had others that they were able then to live in accordance but they were not satisfied with that they wanted a king somebody to be over them somebody to tell them what they needed to do they came to Samuel Samuel was a prophet there in that days he was a judge and a prophet in those days Samuel had been there with Eli from a very young child. And God had began to work with Samuel at a very young age. When he was just a young child, he was there and God called his name. And he ran, he thought Eli was calling to him, it was at night. And he ran and he said, here am I. He was subject to Eli, he was subject to what he was supposed to be doing here upon the earth. Eli told him, he says, go back, I didn't call you. And a little while later, he heard his name called again, and he said, here am I. And he went to him. Eli said, it is not me. He says, now go back. I believe that happened three times. And he says, now if it happens again, you say, Lord, here am I. And the voice came again. And God had a message to give to this young man, young boy. That he was beginning a new work with him. And he had a message there to give to Eli. And he did not falter in it. Even though it was going against his flesh the way he was, he did not falter. He went and he told Eli exactly what God had told him and how to, God was going to bring his, his reign to an end and how both of his sons would be killed in one day. And you see, and these things took place. And how then was not long that the Philistines came and the Israelites went out to war with them. And they were losing. There were several men. I believe about 4,000 of the Israelites had been killed. They went and they decided, well, we'll go back. 
And we will get the ark of God and bring it out here. And that will give us victory. But the Philistines still overpowered them. And I believe that they were overpowered because they were not walking upright with God in that day. God had promised them that He would give them this land as long as they kept His commandments. And both of Eli's sons were killed. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there were maybe about 35,000 men, Israelites, that was killed also. But when they went and they told Eli what had happened, he was old, I believe he was close to a hundred years old. And his eyes had failed him. And he fell backwards. And he broke his neck and died. And Samuel then became the judge as a young man. And Samuel was obedient to God. And God told him, when the people, he went to God and asked him about building or about bringing and electing or bringing a king forth. And God showed him how to do those things and what to do and how to go and who to anoint. And he chose Saul, another young man. He chose him to be the king. And Saul looked upon himself in a very modest in a very small way but there came a time then I want to read a little bit about what actually did happen there at that time we'll start reading some here in the ninth chapter of first Samuel He had gone out looking for his father's asses. They had been lost. And they decided then that they would go and visit Samuel and see if he could tell them where they were. Then Saul said to his servant, starting at the 10th verse, Well said, come, let us go. So they went into the city where the man of God was. And as they went up to the hill of the city, they found young maidens going out to draw water. And they said unto them, Is the seer here? And they answering, answered them and said, He is. Behold, he is before you. Make haste now, for they came today. To, for he came today to the city. For there is a sacrifice of the people today in, an, in the high place. As soon as you be coming to the city, you shall straightway find him before he go up into the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he come, because he doth bless the sacrifice, and afterwards they eat that, is, that be bidden. Now therefore get you up, for about this time you shall find him. And they went up into the city. And when they were coming to the city, behold, Samuel came out against them for to go up to the high place. Now the Lord had told Samuel... In his ear, a day before Saul came, saying, Now look, here's how the Lord was working with these two, two men. His works just coming together that he was bringing Saul to where Samuel was. And now the Lord had already 
in, or, or given Saul the, or given Samuel the instructions about what was going about to happen. He says, Tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the land of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because they, their cry is come unto me. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said unto him, Behold the man whom I spake to you of, this same shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. And Samuel answered, and, answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me into a high place. And you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let thee go, and will tell thee all that is in thine heart. And as for thine asses that were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them, for they are found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel, it is not on thee, is is it not on thee, and on all thy father's house? And Saul answered and said, Am I not an Benjamite of smallest tribes of Israel, and my family the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Wherefore then speakest thou so to me? And Samuel took Saul and his servant, and he brought them to the parlor, and made them set in the chiefest place, and among them that were bidden, bidden, which were about thirty persons, and Saul said unto the cook, bring, and Samuel said unto the cook, bring the portion which I gave thee, of which I said unto thee, set it by thee. Now, Samuel was just honoring this young man that God had told him what to do, and he was bringing him in. And he was telling him about what was about to happen here, and Saul looked upon him and was telling him, Who am I? Look where I came from. From the smallest tribe, from the smallest... My family is not looked upon, but some of the least people there. But this was how God was working in that day. And the cook took up the shoulder that was upon it and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Behold that which is left, set it before thee and eat. For unto this time hath it been kept for thee, since I said, I have invited the people. So Saul did eat with Samuel that day. And when they were come down from the high place into the city, Samuel communed with Saul upon the top of the house. And they arose early, and it came to pass about the spring of the day that Samuel called Saul to the top of the house, saying, Up that I may send thee away. And Saul arose and went out both of them, he and Samuel abroad. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid thy servant to pass before us. And he passed on. But stand thou still while I may show thee the word of God. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? When thou art departed from me this day, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin and Zephyr. And they will say unto thee, The asses which went to seek are found, and lo, thy father 
hath left the care of the asses and sorrowing for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Then shall thou go forth, go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. And there shall meet thee three men going up to God to Bethel, one carrying three kids, another carrying three loaves of bread, another carrying a bottle of wine, and they shall salute thee and give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive their hands. And after that thou shalt come to the hill of God, where the garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass when they are come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place, from the psaltery, and a, with a psaltery, and a tambourine, and a pipe, and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord shall come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. Now this is what I wanted to, this, to think about and to see is, Listen to what took place. Here was Samuel, this man of God. And he was just bringing forth the work of God here upon the earth. And here he was just telling Saul what was going to happen. And listen to that. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. And thou shalt prophesy with them. And shall be turned into another man. And that has been happening all the way along when God is able to let His Spirit come into someone to direct them from that time forward. And that's what can happen to us today. That is a promise from Jesus Christ that that Spirit can come unto us if we will just follow the directions of what God has said for us to be able to receive that. We can have that same Spirit except we can have the power of God to be able to overcome Satan. I don't believe that Saul had that. I know he didn't. He didn't have that Spirit of the Holy Ghost. He had the Spirit of God to direct him. But the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, the power of God to overcome sin, had not been given to men. We can have greater than what he had there. And he says, Now, and let it be when these signs are coming to thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. Now Samuel just telling him and letting him understand that God is going to be with you. And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I will come unto thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice of peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry till I come and show thee what thou wilt do. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. Listen, what took place to this man? This young man there, when he turned away to go, God had brought that spirit to him. He had turned him into another man. And now as, as Samuel was about to walk away from him, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. Now listen what took place. We can go on and you can read all about different things that took place and we may read some of it here. But as he had told him, he says, you go down there and you wait. Don't do the sacrifices. I'll be there. But this was at a later time and Saul 
felt like that he knew how to do things on his own. Instead of looking and seeing how low and meek that he was and how he had received those things from God. He got to thinking about how he knew how to take care of things and he did not have to wait upon the Lord. He didn't have to wait on what Samuel told him to do. And he went ahead and he did the sacrifices. And when Saul, Samuel came, he told him that he had made a great mistake in those things. That was the first time that Saul did not follow through with what God was asking him to do in that day. There was another time then. I want to read some here. Let's turn to the 15th chapter. We'll start at the 10th verse there in the 15th chapter. This was Saul had, this was several years later. Saul had established himself as the king there. He had worked with the people. The people looked upon him as the king. But he looked upon himself as being above, almost above God the way I look at it. He felt like that he didn't have to follow through with all that had, was being told to him to do. Let's start and let's read here. Here was Samuel. And they, then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and hath performed my and hath not performed my commandments and it grieved Samuel and he cried unto the Lord all night and when Samuel arose early to meet Saul in the morning it was told Samuel saying come to Carmel and behold set him up a place and it shall go about be and it is gone about and passed on and gone to Gilgal and Samuel came to Saul, and he said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Now Samuel had told him to go out and to smite. Let's just read some of that first part there. And it explains what has taken place. Samuel, starting at the first verse, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord has sent me to anoint thee to be king of his people over Israel. Now therefore hearken unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that Amalek did to Israel how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. And now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. But slay both men, man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telum, 200,000 footmen, 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. 
And Saul said unto the Canaanites, Go and depart, get you back from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Canaanites departed from among the Amalekites, and Saul smote the Amalekites from Havanah until the coming come till thou comest to Shur and is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings of the lamb, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused, they that they destroyed utterly. Now God had given him a direct command of what he wanted him to do through Samuel. Just as God has things that he wants us to do and how he wants us to live our life today, Samuel followed through. He did exactly what God was asking him to do. He went and he told Saul, Exactly what God was asking him to do. But Saul and the people. He said Saul and the people. And when we go on and read through what took place. You'll see what Saul tried to put it off onto the people. Not taking the responsibility of it himself. Saul was the king. He was the leader. He was the commander. He was the one that was directing the battle and what was going on there. They destroyed all the bad things. But Agag, the king, who God had said to destroy, and all the animals, they did not do it. Then came the word unto the Lord to Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me. Remember we read just a little bit ago how that he had been made new. He had been made a new man. The Spirit of God was upon him. God gave him a new heart. Now just a few short years later, look what's taking place here. He's looking at his own, I know what to do of my own self. I don't have to listen to the words of God. Can that be in our hearts in us today throughout this group and throughout the people of the world that we don't have to listen. We don't have to follow through. We know what is best. And that's what's going on throughout the world. Then came the word of God unto Samuel saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel and he cried unto the Lord all night. Samuel, a man of God that had gone and he had worked with this young man. And it grieved him to see what was taking place there. And it's grievous to see people who do not want to obey and be obedient to God. And it grieved Samuel. And he cried unto the Lord all night. Then Samuel arose early to meet Saul in the morning, and it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him in a place, and has gone about, and passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and 
And Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of God. Listen at that. Here he's telling a man of God, a prophet, one that knew all about and he had seen and told him all about in the beginning about what was going to happen and how he needed to follow and what was going to become of him as being a king. And here he comes up to him. And Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Listen to what Samuel said. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this blading of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? Samuel just brought this to his attention. He says, you're saying that you have commanded, you have performed the commandment of the Lord. But there's something going on here. I hear the blading of the sheep. I hear the lowing of the oxen. We can come out and we can say, I am following the Lord. But what is our works? What is our actions showing what is that showing his work here was showing that something's wrong you're saying you've performed the commandment of God but what do I hear And Saul said, now Saul's going to try to justify what they had done. They have brought them from the Amicalites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. What has taken place here? Is that what God asks them to do? Are you living your life today? As God had asked you to do, as asking His people to do here upon the earth. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay. I will tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. I believe Samuel was very blunt with him. He didn't try to say, well, you're justified in what you're doing. He was not following the commandment of God, Saul was not. He had totally disobeyed it. Samuel didn't come up trying to say, well, what are we going to do? He's the king. How can I go against and speak against him? He's the king, the anointed of God. Samuel said unto Saul, stay. And I believe what he's meaning there is listen to me very bluntly. I will tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said unto him, say on. That was what Saul was saying. Tell me what the Lord is saying. And Samuel said, when thou wast little in thine own sight, Wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? 
And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord? But didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? He just brought him, told him exactly what had taken place there. It was not the people, Saul. You were responsible, responsible for that. And he says, do you not remember how that you looked upon yourself as being little when you were anointed king? But now the Lord sent you on a journey and He told you what to do. And wherefore thou didst not obey the voice of the Lord. But did it fly upon the spoil? You took it freely. You went there greedily taking it, it looked like. And you've done evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way that the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which they would have been, which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal, trying to justify his wrong. And that is the way man is, trying to justify his evil ways. Don't let that once be in our lives. If, if God is able and He will, He will chasten and rebuke us. He was rebuking Saul at that point. But Saul was not willing to just admit his mistake there as he should have. Not at all. And he said, Agag the king, the Amalekites, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, and the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. We'll just pause a moment. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Listen carefully, friends. 
And Samuel said, listen carefully to what he has to say. Don't let something distract your mind. Satan has all kind of ways of distracting you. Listen carefully. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. To hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Listen carefully, friends. Real careful. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And that was a very bad sin in that day. It was according to death, witchcraft was. That was the punishment for it. Because it was worshiping something other than God. And proclaiming that you had powers. That was not coming from God. And stubbornness. As iniquity and idolatry. And that was all in the world. This is exactly what Saul was doing. He was rebelling against the Word of God. He was being stubborn against that Word. He was trying to do things on his own. Stubbornness. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected you from being king. And that is just as much in our day here. He hath also rejected thee from being king. If we come up here and we rebel against the word of God and how that we live our life here today, we rebel against it and we are stubborn against his word. Thinking that, look what I know. Filled with my knowledge. And being puffed up with that. God can reject you from being a part of His kingdom today. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now listen, he said, yeah, I've sinned. I feared the people and obeyed their voice. What is it in our life today? Are you fearing what somebody might say to you? What something might be? Something might come out of you being to where you are rejecting Satan? 
and following the Lord? Are you fearful that something may come out of that to you? Now therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. He is speaking these things and talking this to Samuel. Send to Samuel to pardon his sin. And Samuel said to him, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. And Samuel turned about to go away, and he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle, and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom from Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to thy neighbor, to a neighbor of thine, that is better than thou. And also the strength of Israel shall not lie, nor will not lie, nor repent. For he is not a man that he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and turn again that I may worship the Lord God. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then said Samuel, Bring hither to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came unto him delicately. And Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Ramah. And Saul went up to the house, to, get to his house in Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul. And the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. Remember here when Samuel turned to walk away from him before. He received a new heart. Here is Samuel turning away from him. Now the Lord is departed. Departing from him. And you go on and it, you can see, and he tells that, how that happened, and how he now elected a new king, David. But it was many years before David ever took over as being king. It was many years before that happened. But here... Saul, if you'll read over here in the 14th verse of the 16th chapter, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Look what took place. And he wanted something to try to soothe his heart, try to soothe his mind. And they got David, a man that played cunningly. He played on the harp to come and play for him, to soothe him as the evil spirit was upon him. 
And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. You can go on and read all about. And as he went on, what took place? He tried to kill David in many ways. The Lord had departed from him. He had that new heart, but the Lord had departed from him. Be careful, friends. Don't let Satan destroy you. Don't let him get your mind taken off of his word. God knows all about what's going on in your life and in my life. And he knows whether or not we will be as David. David made huge mistakes. But he was a man after God's own heart. Saul made mistakes. But he did not have a repentant heart as David did. He continued on in that self-righteous way. God had left him. God had departed. Let's don't put ourselves in that position ever to where we are like him. And in the final day, Saul was troubled. The Philistines came upon him. Saul did not know what to do, and he tried every way to connect to God, that God would show him what to do, and he couldn't. And he called up someone that somehow, and I don't understand all about what took place, but they called up Samuel. And Samuel told him what was about to happen. And he was troubled. And the next day, he and his sons were killed. Saul went to his own. A terrible place, terrible thing took place. By not being obedient to God. How will we be in our life? And when we see we have made that mistake, if we have, repent, flee to Jesus Christ. He is there, chasing and rebuking. When all this had taken place there, instead of trying to justify it, it maybe could have been a different outlook. If he had truly repented, things may have been different with him. So walk with Jesus. Get self out of the way. Doesn't matter what it is, what his commandment is, what he asks for us to do, do it. And live by his word here upon the earth. Let's turn over and read some. I'd like to read a little bit today in Luke. Read a little bit in the sixth chapter of Luke. 
Let's start reading at the 35th chapter, 35th verse of the 6th chapter. But love your enemies and do good, and lend hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, it will be it, with all it shall be measured to you again. Now listen, these were words that our Lord has talking to him there, and what he was saying. He just told him, he says, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Where are we looking? Are we, going, are we seeking to be a child of the highest, a child of God? That is what we should be seeking for today. And then he goes on, Be ye therefore merciful as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. That is what we are looking for today. He says, Forgive. And God will forgive you. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure you shall meet with all it shall be measured to you again. And he spake a parable unto them, Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. And we can have that perfect mind, that perfect heart, that we will be striving to do a perfect work. We are in the flesh, and we will make mistakes. But be ready, he says, forgive, and you shall be forgiven. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, and thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Saul could not see that mistake he had made. He could not see. He said, yes, I have done the commandment of the Lord. But he had not come close to it. He had not done at all what God had commanded. But he looked upon it in his own eyes as he had. And this is what he's telling us here. He was being a hypocrite at that time. We can be a hypocrite if we are sitting here trying to say how righteous that we are. But we have something in the way between us and the Lord. Just go to Him and let's get it cleaned up. That's what He's asking for us to do. Let's get this cleaned up while we're here in the land of the living.
For a good tree bringeth forth. For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. Neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Listen carefully at that. Reading starting there at that 44th verse again. He says, For every tree is known by his own fruit. Was Saul following God? Was he being a good tree? Was he keeping the commandments? His fruits were showing what he was doing. His fruits were showing that he was not in accordance with God. For thorns do men bring forth, gather figs, neither of a bramble nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? This is the kind of stuff has been going on all the way along. People there, just like Saul. And Jesus just warning the people and telling these Jews in that day of their self-righteous way. Why call you me Lord, Lord? And do not the things that I say. Now I want to tell you, I want us, everyone, myself and all of us, to examine that passage of Scripture and let it be directed to us. Are we saying, Lord, Lord? And doing not what the Lord says for us to do. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show to who you to whom he is like. And we've gone over that so many times there. But I want us to hear that 45th and 46th verse there. And examine ourselves closely. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Saul was saying, I have obeyed the Lord and the bleeding of the sheep and the lowing of the cattle was there. Evidence that he had not. The king was there alive. Evidence that he was not. I can be and you can be coming out and saying, Lord, Lord. But what's the evidence of our life? What's the evidence of how I am being obedient to the Lord's calling? Or am I willing to compromise because someone is telling me this is the way you need to do it?
This is a better way than what God has been teaching His people for many, many years. Yes, there has been mistakes made. But I believe that His Word is being taught right from His Word, right from His book, right from the Bible. And I believe that He is asking us to follow Him. And I believe that He is asking us to examine ourselves closely and and saying, Lord, Lord, and I want to follow You. And Lord, when Thou saidest, Seek My face, Thy face, Lord, did I seek. That's what He's asking out of us. That's what David said, I believe, in the Psalms. Thy Lord, thy faith, when thou said, Seek my face, thy face did I seek. Let's turn over to the 11th chapter in Luke. Start reading there at the fifth verse. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in the bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he be not, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Listen to what he's saying there. He says, just think about this. He says, if a friend comes to you at the midnight hour, when you're already in the bed with your children, and he says, lend me something. Give me three loaves of bread. He says, you're wanting to tell him, just, I'm not getting up now and doing that. That's kind of the way we would be. But he says, because this man would be persistent, and, he, and you knew he would continue to ask until you, you received, got up and gave it to him. You'll give it to him. You'll go on and do it. And now now I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, seeketh. Everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son asks bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Now he's, he's showing us how merciful and how loving and the power that his father has and that what he will do. Now he just goes on and he says, now because of his continually asking, you will do it. 
Now here's what my Father will do, He says. When you repent, and you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and you know that that's where your help is. He says, now if, if a son asks bread of any of you that is a father, he will give, he will, will he give him a stone? If he asks a fish, will he give him, will he give him a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer for him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more does your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? That's words of Jesus Christ again. How much more, He said, will He give to His people? How much more? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? He didn't say they're giving them all the things of this world. He didn't say giving them the every desire that we might have to fulfill the lust of this flesh. What did he say he would give? And what's he talking about? Here when he says, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. What's he talking about? He's talking about asking, seeking for that new birth. Knocking that that door be opened to you. That's what he's asking for. If the son shall ask bread of any of you as a father, and then he goes in that we just read and tells how that what the father would do for that son. And then he goes down there though, and he says, Now, how much more shall your heavenly father, God, give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. That's what we should be seeking. He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these other things will be added to you. All the things that man will be praying for, saying, Give me this, give me that, and bless this, these people, bless my family. Take care of them and all those kind of things is what he's saying. But we need to be seeking here. Asking, seeking, and knocking for that bread that comes from above. That, e- that bread that will give us that eternal life. That new birth. That Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That's what we need to be asking for and seeking And he says, His heavenly Father, well, how much more will He give that that Spirit to you than what you do here upon the earth in your evil way? And look how what all you will do for your family. And he was casting out a devil, and it was dumb. And it came to pass when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. But some said, He casteth out devils through Beelzebub. 
the chief of the devils, and others tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because he, because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. They just wanted to try to find something wrong. But if Satan was there casting out the devils and casting out the spirits, Satan's spirit out of him, he said that house wouldn't fall, it would fall too. But God is there to cast out the evil spirit from you. Remember there what we read about. And that happened thousands of years ago. Of how did Saul received a new spirit. How he received the spirit of God. Now I do believe that this Holy Spirit that he's talking about here was something. It was a different had power over sin that he did not have in that day. But it was all coming from God. And the power of God was there within it. Let's turn over into the 16th, verse, 16th chapter here. There's a verse or two there I'd like to read. I'd like to read just a little bit about... Starting at the 19th verse. And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. Two there. One there. The beggar begging the way I look at that in this parable is that he was begging for spiritual, the spiritual crumbs that just fell from the table. That God would be able to just feed him enough there that he would be able to sustain that life. But the rich man had all he wanted and he, he had all in his desire was the lust of the things of this world. And they both died. And he said the angels came and carried the beggar into Abraham's bosom. But the rich man died and was also buried. It does not say anything about him being carried to Abraham, there to where the righteous was. And in hell, in torment, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. Look at the difference in the two. One was begging. One was seeking. One was asking. The other was rich in his own way. Rich in the lust of the things of this world. One now is in paradise, and the other in torment in hell. 
And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thou good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from thence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Now listen carefully at that. Let's be careful. Let's listen to what he is saying. He is begging Abraham. He says, you can't do anything for me now. That was told to him. We can't help you. You are in that torment. And you will be there. And this man saw the terrible condition he was in. And he just wanted him. He says, please send somebody back to my home. To my brother's house. And tell them about what can happen. And what a bad thing can take place with you, with them. And that's what he is trying, that is what is being taught to us here today. As let's be asking, begging for the crumbs, whatever God has to offer to us. And not look upon ourselves as some great one. And not be rich in our own mind. And not be rich with the lust of the things of this world. Look what I've got to do because my family wants this. Or look what I've got to do because somebody is telling me these things. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed. And nobody can pass either way. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear him, hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they would will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. How hard can your heart get? How hard? And he's just telling, this is how hard that man's heart can get. And that they lust so much after the things of this world that they will sacrifice their eternal salvation for just a few short years of sinful joy when they could have that great joy that God sends and will give to them. And that's what I want us to all to listen to today. And let's don't be as this rich man. Let's don't be as Saul. But let's be as that poor beggar. And let's ask... And ye shall receive. If we ask right. James says, you ask, but you ask amiss. 
and you receive not. Because you want these things that you might have it upon the lust of your flesh. But let's be asking for that spiritual part that we may receive the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Not asking for great riches here of this world, but asking for the riches of the world to come. Put our faith and trust there. Not in man. Not in ourself. But in Jesus Christ. And let's see victory. I have no intention of being a loser. Not on my own works. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I can win. I can see victory. And that is offered to each and every one that is here today. You can see victory in Jesus. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 166, 67. Tell it to Jesus alone. 167.
I believe that song sums up our message today. Tell it to Jesus alone. That's each and every one of us has that opportunity to go to Him alone for our own individual self and see victory. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Are you grieving over joys departed? Have you sins that two man's eyes are hidden? Are you anxious what shall be tomorrow? For Christ's coming kingdom, are you sighing? What is the situation with us? But all of these things can be answered and all of it can be fulfilled. All of it can be worked out. Tell it to Jesus alone. Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank You for all that You give to us. We thank You for Your wonderful message. We thank You for Your Son. We thank You for Your love and the power that You have to offer to all of those that will do as You have just said to us. Ask and You receive. Seek and You shall find. Knock and it will be open to You. And I know that of a reality. And I know that You are there for all that want to adhere to that. And God, I just beg that You be with everyone that is under the sound of my voice today that has heard Your Word to help them to take heed to it as it is Your Word. And let's move forward. And show us what we can do to draw closer to You so that we can encourage others and we can be in a condition to teach Your Word, to encourage Your Word, and to be at one with You and at one with Your people here upon the earth. Be with us in the upcoming week to strengthen us and to help us to stand boldly against Satan. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.